Okay, listen to this. We have something really exciting that we want to share with you. Jesse and I are going to be speaking live this November 4th and 5th at the Flourish event here in Chandler, Arizona. We actually attended this event earlier this year. They had one in April and we had a blast. Now we will be speaking and honestly, we just want to meet as many of our realtor listeners as possible. Yes, there will be an incredible all-female speaking lineup networking, a content shoot, and you won't want to miss coming with us to the VIP dinner. The link to buy tickets is in the show notes and hurry because they won't last long, but don't stop there. Send us a DM after you've bought your tickets to get details to join us at an exclusive socially modern happy hour following the event. We've been podcasting for almost a year now and what better way to celebrate than to meet up with you guys in real life. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, I'm Jesse. And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Socially Modern podcast. We are so looking forward to chatting with you today. Um, This is going to be a really good one. It is going to be five life hacks to help keep your sanity as a realtor. This is so good. I wish that I would have had all of these tips when I started in real estate Mm -hmm. five years ago, um, because I was definitely kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Like had I've had some of these tips, I probably wouldn't have been so stressed out at midnight (laughs) staring at my ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Lost sleep over, over things. I mean, not to say that that still doesn't happen on occasion. it, it It does, but I mean, real estate in general, is society kind of thinks of us as this very hustle and grind, like burning the candle from both ends. Which a lot of um, realtors do. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's because we don't have these types of this type of information out and about, which is why we're sharing it with you today. These are some things that have personally helped myself and Jesse, and we both collaborated here on the top five things that we both These were the five that really stuck out to us, honestly. Yes, absolutely. So let's kick it off with number one, which is ultimately going to be like days or hours of operation, kind of your personal schedule leading into like screen time and do not disturb features. Yes. And stuff. Both were equally important. I was over here saying like, oh, I think like my days are so important to me and I know they're important to Jesse. And then we both were like, aha, also that do not disturb (laughs) on your phone is such an awesome setting. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think just creating some type of schedule for yourself is really important because if you don't know your schedule, how are your clients going to know your schedule. Oh my gosh, such a good one. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I was a newbie agent, I didn't have a schedule because my schedule was, if my client said, let's go, we were going. And I was like in a rush to try and get everything squeezed in while also pushing off 
all of my other prior commitments because that was just how I rolled then. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of people do that. I certainly did that as a new agent. And it's because as a brand new agent, what are you focused on? Just selling a house just selling and a making house. some like, money. I don't want to give up the showing. Like, oh, yeah. I can make it happen. I'll just push my kids off for the next <laughs> few hours. And I think you have to find a balance between both. Yeah. Between doing that or you know, setting, kind of putting your foot down and setting your schedule. And sometimes it's trial and error. Like all through 2020, when I was showing a ton of clients on weekends, I was showing four different sets of clients through Sunday and, or Saturday and Sunday. So I'd show one Saturday morning, one Saturday afternoon, one Sunday morning, one Sunday afternoon. And that burned me out so bad. I could have literally said those exact same words. I think we, you and I both did that in 2020 because right, our clients were kind of stacked up. They were not flowing through the process as quickly and as easily because we were showing for more weekends yes. than normal. Yep. Um, and so it was, it was very, very difficult to mm-hmm. have that many clients in one weekend because there's only so many hours in a day that you can show. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. I was the same way and I was I was literally burned out. Do you remember? I, yeah. I like hired an IV company to come out yep. and give me an IV. I remember. I was like, I was like Stephanie, stop. <laughs> I like had to tell you to stop. Because you did. <laughs> I had, I set my Sunday boundary, I think before you did. You did. But now we both basically like we're available to our clients on Sundays, but we don't, I don't show. I don't show houses Sundays. on Sunday. Yeah. I, I need that day to like prepare my house for the week. <laughs> Otherwise mm-hmm. my week is just going to be all sorts of jacked. And so. just be human. I think that we forget about this little aspect because we are definitely in that, like Jesse was saying, like hustle culture especially in sales. And it's one of those things where everybody around you is like, work, 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 work. But there's no talk about like, hi, you do need to have like that moment where you're a couch potato for a few and mm-hmm. like, or whatever, clean your house, whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. But it's like something for you that's not work related. Um, for me, I do like organizing. And so I might spend time. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel really good if like my, my stuff is tidied up after it's been like a disaster. Right. And so, but I need that time to do that. And Sunday is, is my day to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think just setting some type of schedule, figuring out for your yourself, schedule. like, do you have, do you have children? Do they have a ton of activities on the weekends? Like, how are you going to navigate that? And, you know, that could be, leaning into like your partner and just trying to figure it out together and stuff like that. But definitely knowing what your schedule is, is going to be a major life hack for you. 1000%. I will say here too, like, um, other than Sunday, cause I get this question a lot too, is like, Oh, how do you manage like homeschooling with, uh, you know, your clients and your schedule and stuff. And so, um, of course you have to understand how homeschooling works, which is very different than public schooling. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like we talked about using your do not disturb feature is more, it's, it can be used for more than just like your nighttime schedule. Yes. I know Jesse uses it right to like content block. 
when you're content creating and you're, mm-hmm. you're doing all of that. So you'll kind of like put your phone on do not disturb. I have my phone on do not disturb right now. Yeah. Same. My phone was going off before <laughs> this. I was like, it's going to go off while we're recording. Um, but I set up do not disturb on my phone for a good one to two hours just while I'm doing my homeschool stuff with my kiddos. Cause that's all that it takes. And it's usually like, hi, I wake up in the morning and I get like my bulk of my phone calls, texts, whatever I need to do to like get my clients and everybody in a good spot for the morning. And then I do my, my family, my kiddo time, and then I move back into work. Mm -hmm. So, so really setting up your do not disturb is actually really beneficial in so many different ways. And I think a lot of times we just think, oh, it's for night. So, so think about that when you are working or maybe you have a project you're working on or something and you're like, I really need to focus on this. It's so easy for me to be like squirrel. Yeah. Because my phone is dinging and my alerts are going off on Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> and so-and-so wants to send me a message and I'm like, oh, what's that about? You know, it's I just even, so easy. I don't get Instagram notifications on my phone anymore. You took it up a notch. I Yeah. So I don't get like so-and-so liked your photo or so-and-so wants to send you a message. I don't get those on my <laughs> phone, just like on my lock screen. I set those up so they don't come through because it was incredibly distracting and it I is. was just like... Oh, the, well, I don't know that person. What do they want? You what know, because I'm thinking, yeah. oh, is it a lead? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like to use the do not disturb when I'm either like working or just in a really solid content creating block just to avoid like those kinds of interruptions. Um, and I think I'm trying to get in your head, Mr. Listener, Mrs. Listener, And you're probably thinking, well, aren't people going to be like upset that I don't get back to them right away? Because that was certainly like a concern for me. I don't want people to think that I'm unresponsive or anything. And honestly, sometimes I just think as entrepreneurs, we overthink that idea of like, oh, I need to get back to people right away. And honestly, most times when I end up apologizing to someone for the delay in getting back to them and like the delay was like, 30 minutes or an hour hour. or a couple hours or something, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, no worries. I wasn't expecting you to get right back to me or something. So I really don't mind taking that extra time to potentially get back to somebody, especially if I'm in the middle of working on something else, because I just want to keep the flow going where it's at. (laughs) Totally, totally. And it could kind of even go play into like the scarcity mindset. Like your client is, if they text you, they probably, like you said, aren't expecting a response right that second. I mean, it'd be nice, but I mean, they're, they're going to be used to you having some sort of delay. When I call a business, I don't always expect like the person, maybe I get the receptionist or whoever, you know what I mean? Like I expect some sort of delay there anyways. So I just think that that goes back to scarcity mindset and, Um, you know, thinking that we have to be hustle culture. We have to be on all the time and that's exhausting and that will just cause you to burn out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I think that rounds out number one. Totally. Moving into number two, Jesse, do you want to kick this one off? Yes. It's kind of my vibe. (laughs) It's my vibe, but uh, it's really just all about utilizing digital tools to help keep yourself organized. 
um, I could talk about this for days. Maybe I should do some type of seminar or something, but like, (laughs) this is where Jesse, like just, she's glowing right now. You guys, (laughs) this is just how I stay organized and honestly on top of my business. So things like using spreadsheets or some type of CRM or like a Google calendar, um, the notes app on my phone and just using, using the tools that I have at my disposal. Like one thing, this just popped into my mind, but a lot of times when people are like, how do you come up with content for reels or TikTok? I'm like, I literally spend time scrolling through reels and TikTok. That's how I come up with ideas. Now to keep myself from falling into the black hole of reels and TikTok, because we all know that that exists, I will set an alarm on my phone, a timer on my phone for 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And I'll let myself get lost in that black hole. And then that timer is going to kick me right out of it when that it goes off. That is so good. I love that you do that. Like that's literally an app that's already on my phone. Right. Is the timer app. So just using the digital tools that you have at your disposal yeah. is, is huge. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, as you guys all know, I was like the paper and pen person. I like carried around a notebook with me all the time that, and I mean, I still do, but it's just my scratch pad at this point before it was like, that was my, your business. That was my whole (laughs) business right there. If I lost my notebook, like I would cry, I would just have to go home and cry, I guess. But, um, of course, you know, my business grew and it expanded over time. And I realized honestly how unsustainable that was and super thankful for Jesse here. <laughs> my little digitally organized bestie taught me some things um, that I hadn't been using. And since then, the rest has just been history. So like Jesse said, I mean, my big ones are having things like Google Docs, spreadsheets, and the calendar is a lifesaver. Um, I'm literally to the point now in my business where, and Jesse knows, like, and she does the same way. If it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, even for my husband, my husband is not a techie guy and he does not use the Google calendar. I wish he would. I've tried, but even still I use it. And I'm like, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. Yeah. And I tell everybody that now, even my, my family, because I'm just like such a diehard about it, but it's helped me stay in check. And I think too, because I am more so like the creative brain, that it was easy for me to like be more forgetful of what, you know, maybe I said yes to mm-hmm. and not even just work related. Of course, work was like super top priority, but even with like my husband, yeah. right? Like you, before we started recording, my husband called me and he like scheduled his LASIK surgery. <laughs> and right then when I was on the phone with him, Jesse heard me, I mm-hmm. clicked over to my calendar and I was like, what day, what time? Okay, well we have this after. And it just is so awesome. So now it's in there and I can like live my life, but yeah. that is so important to me. So yep. if you're not, I mean, yeah, my Google calendar is how I survive. We've talked about this so many times before, but I mean, you and I both, we put all of our personal appointments, any vacations, in addition to just our our business calls when we're showing, when we're podcast recording so that nothing overlaps and we don't end up double booking ourselves. Exactly. Well, and if you're using Calendly, which we've talked about before on other podcasts, 
Um, that's our scheduling tool so that people like our clients and other agents can book calls with us. That automatically syncs to our Google Calendar. So it's like perfect. So like Jesse's saying, don't forget to schedule in your personal appointments or mm-hmm. even things like I have put in there like that I'm taking my kids to the children's museum on a random day. Yeah. And that day is blocked. And then I don't stress about it. I have all my work stuff scheduled around it. And I mm-hmm. know that I'm not double booking myself. Um, and that kind of leads us into number three, really, yeah. uh, time blocking and batching work and content creating. It's kind of a long one, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, the time blocking thing is just huge for both of us. I know for me personally, like we were just saying with our calendar, I literally put in blocks of time in my calendar now. Um, and I, of course, like overlap actual appointments into it, but I put blocks of time. For instance, like on Wednesdays, I go to the office from X time to X time. And that's just like always what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know also during that time that that's like a good time for me to schedule appointments with clients or, or maybe I have a showing like that can all get scheduled during that office block time. But that's something that I just automatically know. And I know that as agents, our schedules are very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to fall off if you don't keep some sort of some sort of block, at least for me, it helps so much. And I think for those of those of us who really thrive on some type of structure, because we get this a lot, we get agents that will reach out to us or agents that will join our team and they're looking for some type of structure like, okay, now tell me what my schedule is going to be. And this is this is how society has conditioned us because it was this way when we were in school and when we were in college and we were told what time to be, where, and we were there for a certain amount of time. Um, and so it's natural <laughs> that we look for that when we become <laughs> entrepreneurs. But because that schedule is so fluid, a lot of people really struggle with what should I be doing? What should I be you doing? Know? And time blocking mm-hmm. can be an answer to that problem because if you think about what your income producing activities or what just your your task list is in general, you can then create a time block for each of those task list items and then they get done. And they get done and you feel so good about it. That's what I love about like my office blocks on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm right out of the, out of the house working days. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to them, honestly, because like, and I look forward to my different days for different reasons, but those are good days. Like you said, like maybe there was a task that really needed my undivided attention. And that's like, oh, I know that I have this like special day blocked off where I'm going to be away from my kids and my pets and my house. Cause mm-hmm. we do that a lot. We work from home as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and we all do it. We get sucked into like, well, the dishes need to be done and whatever. But at least if you know, like certain days you have certain things to do, you're already going to make yourself feel so much more productive. And it was so much better for my mental health. Let me just say when I would go to bed at night and I could say like, ah, oh, I got so much done today. I feel very accomplished. I feel good about like the blocks that I had because I spent my time really focused in each area of my day blocked, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether that was family time, whether that was work time. Yeah. You know, and you can, yeah. I mean, you can just go to bed knowing like, all right, so I spent my time on my work and I was in that moment. And then I spent my time with my family and I was in that moment. Exactly. 
and yeah. you don't feel guilt around it. Yep. I think that's a big one. I always felt so guilty, but not anymore. Yeah. Well, I think just batching content. So now kind of moving into the, the content portion. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, honestly, batching content is just the biggest reason why I've been able to maintain some level of consistency when posting to Instagram over the last year and a half to two years. I mean, it, ju- it just makes so much sense to me to do like tasks at the same time. Yeah. Like in one block of time. Like it would make zero sense for us to come in and record one podcast episode every week. That it, would be it, That would be so, so hard. Like, like we both live, like how far away do you live? Oh, I'm not, I'm closer than you, like 20 minutes. Yeah. So for me, it's a 40 minute drive now that I've moved and it would, so 40 minutes here, 40 minutes home. So that's like almost an hour and a half of driving. And, and don't you look at that time of driving like so wasted too. Yes. Like that's time is money. <laughs> like I'm so glad I have my Tesla so I can at least like put it in autopilot. <laughs> All right. Quit talking about the Tesla. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Like th- that's the first time <laughs> I that know, I've I'm mentioned jealous. it. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, anyway. But yeah. So I mean like it would make no sense for us to come in once a week and record podcast episodes, which is why we come in and record once a month. So this, it, the same thing goes for like, um, creating content, batching exactly. reels or TikToks or writing captions or taking photos. Like we've talked about our team content days so much, but it literally ask anybody on our team, I'm sure. And they will tell you it saves you so much time and it makes creating content so much easier. It does. And I mean, everything else that you can do from home, but at least you spent that one day, even for me, it's like the one day that like, you know, I had all these outfits planned. My hair is done. My makeup is done. I even do the same for like reels and IGTVs. If I'm shooting content, I know you do that too. It's like, you'll take that time to batch a bunch of videos at once Mm -hmm. versus like you said, why would I do one at a time? And that kind of like reminds me of when I first started in real estate. I don't know why I didn't have this aha moment, like right off the bat, but (laughs) I was doing model home Mondays where I would go live. And that's kind of why, because I was like, I need to go live. Mm -hmm. And of course you go live to go live. So I went live every Monday at one model home. Well, eventually this just was not staying consistent enough with how busy my schedule was. And I was like, why am I here doing one video when there's like three, four five, sometimes there's like six or seven models. models. (laughs) And I'm like, holy cow, that's like a month and a half's worth of content. I should just shoot them all. And, you know, maybe not care about the fact that it was live, but it's a video Mm -hmm. and video is still really, really you know, important and current. And so anyways, I was just like, aha moment. Why am I doing this? I am like putting myself through so much, like the commute, like you said, on the, all the way to that model home and then the commute home and then the time to edit, you know, all these things. Why not just do it all at once? Let's bulk content create Mm -hmm. here guys. Mm -hmm. And don't reinvent the wheel. I think we say that a lot on our podcast. It's just such a much more efficient use of your time. And sometimes you tend to just find that groove like you're just in the zone somewhere along the way and whatever you're doing just becomes easier like last night I like really wasn't intending to like make a bunch of like reels or tiktoks but I saw one that I wanted to do and I was like oh that'd be pretty easy so I just like set up my little tripod ring light thingy 
got it all figured out. And then I just started making more and more and more. And I ended up with like four or five videos that I can now use. So awesome. Yeah. It it, can happen really quick like that too. mm -hmm. That's what I love about it. And then you have all that saved now. Mm -hmm. So you can, like you said, now you have all that to go ahead and go post. So a lot of our questions, typically when we meet with people that are just starting out on social media, they're like, how do you take the time? Literally, I know that there's people out there that think this, like that we took that photo like that day and we, we did all of the work for one post in one day. Mm-hmm. And realistically, every single one of our posts were actually built from different days throughout that month. Like the photo came from content day. The reels were batched once that month, you know, the home tours happened once that month. Uh, Writing captions was a completely different day. Um, Even editing my reels and stuff, like I'll bulk batch a bunch of my reels, but I don't edit them right away. Yeah. Unless I'm super uber excited about one and I just can't wait. Right. You just want (laughs) to see the final product. Yeah. Um, But a lot of times, yeah, my reels don't have captions or any of the words on the video, um, nothing like that until I go and sit down to do that part of it. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different time. Yeah. So yeah. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you guys just think about how much easier your life would be if you could time block and just do a bunch of things in one batch of time. Right. It'll make your life so much easier. Totally. 1000%. Oh, That was a good one. Let's move on to number four, shall we? Yes. Uh, Clear client expectations and sticking to them. Yes. This is a good one. And sticking to them. Sticking to them. Let's emphasize that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is such a big one for me. I'm truly all about setting up boundaries and expectations with my clients as well as myself. Um, I see all the horror stories from other agents about how clients walk all over them. And I'm just like, I don't have that problem. No, no. And and it's truly because from the very first call that I have with prospective clients, I try to set up the expectations for how the process will work as well as just letting them know like if, for example, say I was meeting with somebody today, middle of September, I have my bodybuilding show coming up end of November or end of October and then we're speaking in at the beginning of November, like it would be really easy for me to just say, oh, and you know, by the way, I'm going to be out of town end of October and unavailable first weekend in November. Mm-hmm. So right? you'll have your showing assistant helping or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just basically giving them the heads up because honestly, there is nothing I hate more than when I'm like trying to reach out to someone and schedule something or I have an expectation from somebody else and then they're just like out of nowhere, out of town. And you're like, what the heck? And I'm like, I thought we were working together. I'm like, (laughs) a notice would have been great. Just some type of something. So yeah, I mean, I just try to set up expectations with clients from the very first call. Oh, a thousand percent. I, on that same thought, like we were just saying like, yeah, you can notify your client you're going out of town. And what I do, and I know Jesse does too, is we will just, we prepare them already for the question that's coming, right? The question then from your client is probably like, 
oh, well, then I just am not going to see any houses. Like, they're thinking, like, how what am are, I going to yeah. do this? What happens if I see something I want to go look we at? Are, we already nip that real quick, and, and that's in. But don't worry. I, I have a showing assistant that's happy to help while I'm out of town. I'll still be your point of contact for writing any offers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you get really, really clear and really good at setting up your business and your clients for these expectations and then you can go on your trip and and I don't feel guilty do you Mm-mm. no because all of my clients know what's up and everybody's good and happy and and we're just moving and grooving I just might be in a different state it's cool and this also works for like when I am like the actual showing process of oh, yeah. clients like I will set up expectations of how I like to run that because I like to operate that in a very time efficient way And it just makes it so much easier. So clients know what to expect. Oh, for sure. They know that we're going to go see more than one house at a time because I'm not about to waste their time, nor am I about to let them waste my time. Again, go back to the commute. I mean, this could be kind of, you know, included in the batching stuff. Think about the commute. How far are you driving to show that person one house? Right. And then how far are you driving back home? When you could maybe just wait a day or two until the weekend and go see four or five homes. Exactly. In a matter of three hours. And of course, like there's, there's things in here, like if that house already has offers on it, then you'll, you're being more flexible. Mm-hmm. Of course, you guys. Yeah. But what we're saying is, is if there's an opportunity to be more time efficient then you 1000% should be going that route at the end of the day. And you are, you're the, the brains behind the whole process of buying a house or selling a house. We're basically, so why are you allowing, like, honestly, like the client shouldn't be the one trying to run the show because they don't know the process they're either. Not the they professional. don't, they're not the professional. You need to lead them through the process. Yeah. You're, this is, us basically giving you permission to be a little bit more assertive in your business. You can be a little more bossy. Mm-hmm. You can you <laughs> can nice set the way. rules. You can set <laughs> yeah. Like none of my clients, I'm sure, would would be like, oh, I thought you were being really mean or bossy or controlling or whatever. Like none of them would say that because no. it's just me saying this is how this this is how this works. I'm an, I'm the professional. This is how I like to do things. One thousand percent. And they feel good about it, too, because let's be honest. I mean, at least I know my clients, they want to make sure they're maximizing their time. They have family events and things they are going to on the weekend Mm -hmm. and they want to go to date night, too. And like they live lives, too, just like we do. So they want to be efficient in their home searching. Mm -hmm. So um, don't feel like, oh, it's just me. Like they also have lives that they like to live outside of looking for a house, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Totally. So I guess we can wrap this up with number five. Yeah. Let's talk about this one. This one's so good. Um, Number five, the fifth life hack to help keep your sanity as a realtor is hiring some dang help. Hire help. We've talked about this before. Yes, we have. People come back to us like. It's episode five. If you want to scroll back. It's episode five. We actually talked about kind of knowing when it's time to outsource and really ask for help. And I think this is such an underrated topic because too often we as entrepreneurs and especially women 
kind of feel like we have to uphold this I can do it all mentality. Oh, a thousand um, percent. Which just ends up burning us out and creating just this crazy amount of overwhelm because you feel like you have to do everything. Um, and it's just not fun. It's not fun. That's actually exactly how I felt, like, especially early on in my business. I think we all do that, like you said, especially as women. Why Why are we like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are know. such hard workers, but you guys, it is, it is really okay to ask for help um, and hire help mm-hmm. where you can't ask for help, right? Yes. I know Jesse has done a lot of this. I've done a lot of this, um, and we kind of do want to share with you exactly where we've outsourced in our own lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I have cleaners that come to my house every other Friday and they clean my house. They, you know, wipe my kitchen, the countertops and, um, they vacuum and do the carpet and, you know, all that stuff. Shower. Yeah. Like like all the good stuff, all the stuff that I don't want to spend my time doing. No. Um, and then I have someone who comes and cleans up dog poop from our backyard every week. I'm going to have to get on that next. So I just got a puppy. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great person for you. Um, anyway, so I do that. And then right now where I'm on this bodybuilding show prep, I have my meals or my lunches and my dinners prepared and delivered to my door every week. I love that. We have some very similar things that we do. I think we actually order from the same meal prepping company yes, actually. We do. So, um, yeah, no, we both have meal prep come. So mine is for mine and my husband's lunches. Um, I've just found it easier with my kiddos, like to just still make dinner. Uh, but having my lunches prepped ahead of time is so awesome. I know you feel the same way. Like, hello, I even have my lunchbox over here. <laughs> Mine's so in the fridge. So when we're done recording, <laughs> we're both going to go heat up our lunches and be able to eat. And I didn't have to pay for like a $20 DoorDash or something like that. So not only am I saving my time, I'm eating healthier. I'm also saving money. Mm-hmm. It honestly is less expensive for me to have this. So like, I think a lot of people, and I did too, I thought, oh my gosh, it's probably really expensive to have like meal prep, but it's actually less expensive. I'm spending less money because I was eating out then before. Yeah. I have <laughs> to piggyback on this. Me and my husband were actually at a, a friend's house this weekend. It was his birthday and, and we were talking about, um, food somehow. And we had mentioned this meal prep service that we utilize. And he was like, he asked us how much we spent on it. And right now, I mean, we do both lunches and dinners, right? Uh, I make my own breakfast, but I, we probably spend somewhere between two to two fifty per week for both me and my husband, which in the term in like grocery terms, you're kind of like, wow, that seems like a lot for groceries. But then he said, he was like last month, me and my wife spent like $2,000 on food. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And, and yeah, when you add up the numbers of DoorDash or if you're, going to restaurants constantly or you're making a thousand trips to the grocery store because you didn't make a list or you know what I mean like it just it it really adds up and so it's all about perspective guys and honestly so think about that I mean I know we kind of got off on our tangent with our (laughs) our meal prep but clearly I mean look into it in your area Mm -hmm. we use scratch culinary if you're in Arizona and it's fantastic yes we love it 
Um, I too also hired a housekeeper. So we have a housekeeper that comes. Um, I actually just had her start coming every week. So she comes every Wednesday for me and it's fantastic. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it helps keep my house nice and clean. Um, I don't have to stress so much and be an angry mom at the end of the day because my kids tracked in a bunch of dirt and then the dog and you know what I mean? It just kind of adds to like, you're already like, especially if you had a stressful day that, that day. Yeah. <laughs> I know for me, that's how I get. So for me, it was good for like my mental health as well. Um, and not only that, I hired a nanny. So my nanny is a big help to me. Um, as you guys know, I homeschool, but having the nanny is where I'm able to free up a lot of my time. So I can homeschool and then my nanny comes and I am a free woman to go and do put on my business hat, my mm -hmm. entrepreneur hat, and I move on to my business side. Mm -hmm. That's huge. She also tidies the house all week and she keeps my laundry clean, mm -hmm. which is even better because I loathe laundry. Yeah. I loathe it so much. But there's actually companies out there and I've been seeing more of them pop up in our area on Instagram. So maybe there's some in yours too. But uh, there's there's other women out there who are starting these like laundry service businesses where they're literally like you drop your bag out front of your door and they come and pick it up on their specified time and day and then they bring it back hmm. to you. Cleaned. I, I haven't heard of that. Oh, That's well cool, now though. you know. Cleaned, washed, folded, separated from like children's to like right. whatever. And I'm like, hey, this is a really cool, cool idea because I know that I'm not alone in like the fact that I would come home from work and I have you know, six loads of laundry when my kiddos were going to school, um, prior to 2020, um, you know, they would sometimes change their clothes like four, five times <laughs> a day between like pajamas, their uniform play outfit after school. And if they had a sport, mm -hmm. I'm serious. Like it was a lot of laundry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is the thing, you know, like I'm just one of those people. We do it a lot. We just talked about this, that stack our plates. I stack my plates so, so full mm -hmm. and I was feeling burnt out. I would have a short temper, mostly with my family. They're the ones that would get the brunt of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair. And it's also not fair that I was always feeling that way. So it was nobody else's fault, but my own. Yeah. I wasn't asking for help. And I also wasn't hiring out help where I could have. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, what can I outsource? Yeah. So really think about that. That's that's like our personal personal lives, right? That's where we've outsourced over there. But where can you also outsource in your business, especially if you're hitting, you know, certain sales every year now, maybe you've been in the business for a little while. A big area that I know Jesse and I both would encourage you to is getting a TC, a transaction coordinator. Mm -hmm. Don't you just love having a TC? Yes, I do. It, it takes so much pressure off of me when it comes to clients under contract because, you know, my TC is going to stay on top of paperwork and deadlines and things like that. And while I'm fully and a hundred percent capable of doing it on my own. I don't want to. No. And don't and you feel like it makes you a little more able to, um, cultivate clients? Like I feel like my yes. funnel, which we talked about on our last episode is a lot more streamlined because I have the TC. Cause I don't have to do all this admin work now. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course I like 
read the emails and I stay up to date on things. Yeah. But I'm able to like cultivate and get more things into escrow. Right. Well, I mean, for some perspective, I mean, just think about what your hourly rate looks like is an hour of organizing paperwork, answering emails, organizing or cleaning your house uh, or mowing the lawn. Is that worth your time? I mean, if I can hire someone to take on that task and pay them less than what I could make in an hour, it's a hundred percent worth it for me to hire them. Definitely. Like so worth it. And then that's off of my plate and I can focus on making more money. Exactly. Making more money. And that's what and I growing want. growing your, your multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's worth noting too, that this could really like hiring help or outsourcing or something. It could really be as simple as maybe doing grocery pickup instead of going and walking through the grocery store yourself. A thousand percent. Especially I'm sure those who have like young children, it's really difficult to get in and out of the grocery store. So it could be, you know, doing grocery pickup or delivery, or it could be as much as hiring a nanny, housekeeper, landscaper, assistant, TC, you name it, you know, like you could, there's a full spectrum. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. I just, I keep saying a thousand percent, you guys. (laughs) Um, Drinking game. Whatever. (laughs) Drink to it today. Yeah, exactly. But uh, like you said, I actually just recently paid for Instacart subscription. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it. And then I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I just finally freaking did it. And I'm obsessed, like so obsessed. I tell everybody how obsessed I am about it because it's saving me so much time. I paid for like the yearly fee, whatever that is. And it's what, like a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks for the whole year. And, and then, yeah, I can order my groceries. Like it's even been as late as hi, it's Monday at 10 AM. And like I 10 PM, you mean? No, 10 AM. Oh, like 10 in the morning. Like it's late in the morning as 10 AM. Oh, Did that make sense? (laughs) You said late in the day is 10 a.m. And I was like, what? Well, for grocery ordering in my mind, like that's what I'm thinking. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's already 10 a.m. I have no groceries in the house for dinner this week. Um, Work is crazy. Kid life is crazy. And I'm like, oh, Instacart. So I go on there because this is a question I get from a lot of people. They're like, well, how quick is it? And I'm like, I can literally order it 10 a.m. in the morning and I can have it to my house by like one. Mm hmm. And it's amazing. So yeah, I do all of my grocery shopping now through there. In fact, I've challenged myself to like not go to the store Mm -hmm. because it's such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So between that target pickup, I only go to Trader Joe's now, just so you guys know. (laughs) Dang, Instacart doesn't do Trader Joe's yet. I'm waiting for it. That's the one downfall. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it will. One day. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, there's, there's so many ways you guys that you can outsource things there there we live in an amazing time on this planet where we have all of these resources at our disposal so don't be afraid to ask for help because ultimately and I think it goes back to your goals are you trying to build this big business are you trying to sell a certain amount of real estate per year are you you know, whatever that might look like and then figure out, I mean, is it worth doing this or doing that? And I think both of us can sit here and tell you that all of the help and outsourcing that we do has been a hundred percent worth it. Worth it. And it's helped grow our businesses. So it freed up our time and honestly, my mental capacity 
to go ahead and deal with those things. Mm -hmm. So no one, I almost said it again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I need to get, get this out of my head. I'm not going to say that ever. All right. All right. Well, (laughs) hopefully you guys, these five life hacks will help you as you go into this week, keep a little bit more of your sanity. We have been there, done that. We have burned from both ends of the candle. We know what it's like to be a realtor and to want to be a very successful realtor. And we know how much time that takes. So hopefully these life hacks have helped you in some way, shape, or form. Yes. We hope to see you back here next week on Thursday. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Socially Modern. Interested in partnering with us on our nationwide real estate team? Check the show notes of this episode to schedule a call with one of us to learn more. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates on the show at Socially Modern. You can also follow me, Stephanie, at Hey Stephanie Mainville. And me, Jessie, at Miss Jessie Lockhart. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week.